0: everyone, welcome to The Lifted Podcast. I'm your host, Helen Denham, and this is a place for us to talk about what we're doing every day to raise our vibration and understand ourselves more deeply as energetic beings and co-creators. All right, so this episode doesn't need too much of an introduction because I'm going to be taking you through my past life regression session. That i did about a week ago and my past life regressionist daniel is here to help me talk through this with you guys so basically we'll start by having him talk about how he got into this line of work what you can expect from a past life regression session and then i get right into it and we talk about everything that came up during my session um i won't even give any of it away because it's kind of exciting And yeah, I think I'll just leave it there. But thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate your support. And if after this episode you still have questions or you wanna share your experience, please feel free to shoot me a DM on Instagram or email me. I love chatting with you and hearing about your own experiences as well. So, okay, I will just let you listen. So, Daniel, I want to start by asking you what first got you interested in past life regression and how did you end up where you are now doing this as a profession?
1: So, for me, my journey with it started, I guess you can even go back to when I was a kid just kind of thinking about these things, but not really indulging in them because I also had a very science based mind, I guess you could say, where it was always fun to think about these things, yet there was no proof. So therefore, it wasn't real. Therefore, I'm not really going to indulge in it much. So I guess that's the, the quick breakdown from when I was a kid. But then about 13 years ago, I came down with an autoimmune disorder. And that kind of rattled my world. And only doctors could cure me at the time. Only Western medicine could cure me at the time. That was my mindset. So I went through years of that of hearing from Western doctors, oh, we're going to cure you. Oh, this is going to be the cure. When you try this one, this is going to cure your, uh, your autoimmune disorder. Like, okay. So every time I would just be let down and feel defeated. And then I came to a place where I had to allow myself to open myself to the possibility of trying alternative methods. And in short, there were things that just started to pop up, which seemed too perfect to be random or coincidence. And at the time, I didn't have the terminology for it. But now I see those as synchronicities. And past life regression fell into my lap. And it took me a couple months to do a proper session after that because I still had to allow myself time to think about what that meant to let go of my belief systems and to try this thing. And when I did, it just it changed my life because of the new beliefs that I had. I also like to make the difference, or I'm sorry, the distinction between believing and knowing. I still can't tell you that I know this to be true, or that what anyone experiences in a past life regression is fact. It's my belief that it is, but I can't prove it. So when I walked out of my first session, I was so moved that I, I believed in past lives. Still can't prove it, but I believed in it. And by default, I believed in future lives as well. So my mindset became one of, all right, next time it's, it could be better or it could be worse. These are the cards that I've been dealt this time around. So how am I going to play them? So I was no longer a victim of my circumstances. My autoimmune disorder was no longer my identity. It was just this thing I had to deal with. Just this, this real big pain that I had to deal with. But it wasn't me. And that just changed things for me. And it was just, my world changed that day.
0: Yeah, thank you for sharing that. Do you feel like you were able to more deeply heal with your understanding of past lives from then on?
1: In that session, no. But I don't think I was supposed to heal that day. Mm. I believe it was supposed to be a journey that I am still on, admittedly. Mm -hmm. I'm still not, quote unquote, healed in that way you know i still have to i still have to live with the symptoms although not quite as severely as i did before but it's still a part of my life but it isn't my identity but in the subsequent years yes there have been things that have come up in my past lives or my own regressions because i still do them every two to three months where i'm spotting patterns of things that are happening in the here and now for me it's like oh yeah this one goes back 1400 years oh yeah this one needs to be dealt with now Mm -hmm. so it's the the illumination of of those events and how they are manifesting themselves in my current life and Mm -hmm. just being like yeah i gotta deal with it now
0: yeah You know, and I think that's a really good point that you bring up too, because when is healing ever totally done? Like we're living in this human experience and part of the human experience is going through these peaks and valleys of emotion and all these different events. So it's not even totally rational to say that we will be completely healed, but if it eases our suffering, that's wonderful. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
1: totally. And I mean, I have had people who have healed from ailments and physical issues, mental issues. Mm -hmm. Also, I have to state clearly, I'm not a doctor. So if (laughs) anyone's like, hey, I've got this horrible thing right now, I just found out about it last week, like go to a doctor first, go down that route. And then if you exhaust every other option when it comes to something of that nature, then we'll talk. But Mm -hmm. for your audience, I am not a doctor.
0: (laughs) Totally, got you. Um, Well, Can you take us through what we can expect? I mean, I know already, but for people who are totally unfamiliar with past life regression, what we're talking about, when you meet with somebody and bring them through a regression, what does it look like?
1: So the first part of the session is we just get to know each other for a while. So I'll first send you a pre-session questionnaire, which are the questions that will be for your higher self, which will come a couple minutes down the line when I get to that part of the session. And when we're talking beforehand, it's just so we get to know each other and feel comfortable with each other because it's just important for me to feel comfortable with you as it is for you to feel comfortable with me because we're going to go on this journey together in a sense. And patterns do repeat. So I need to know what your life is like in the here and now. So that way, if you find yourself in 1547 and you you were telling me about issues that you were having with your husband or your wife, And then you're able to identify that same person almost 500 years ago. And that same pattern is repeating itself. I can be like, Oh, okay. Well you told me about this pattern that's occurred for the last 15 years with this person. Oh, it's been playing out for a very long time. So that's the first couple hours is just us talking about your life. And then is when we do the regression and it starts off with just guided meditation. I mean, it is hypnosis but a friend of mine who's another practitioner, her name is Tiffany, she gave me the perfect explanation for it, where she calls it a guided interactive meditation. So it's just a, a really cool yeah. interactive state that you're in. Where totally. Once you get there, you are my eyes and ears. So there are psychics who can tell you what you were, but at no point am I ever telling you this is what you were. Like you're telling me what you see, which is another reason I love the process because you cut the middleman out because you're having the experience yourself.
0: right? And
1: that will last for about 45 minutes to an hour, you know, whatever comes up that's most appropriate for you to see. And then we ask the questions of your higher self that you gave me beforehand. And those questions can be anything, anything you've ever wanted to know, you can ask. Mm-hmm. And that's when the really cool part of the session happens in my opinion because it's it's like you're unlocking a portion of your brain that you don't have access to in your normal waking state so it's like you receive so much more information than you're generally used to
0: mm-hmm.
1: and it's just it's so cool
0: yeah well it's awesome it was so helpful for me the way that you were able to guide me through in the beginning you gave me um you know prompts like visualize a red bird in front of you or a cardinal or visualize a blue car coming by and that really helped me to strengthen my imagination and trust that like the images that I was seeing on almost the screen in my mind were coming through and that I could actually communicate and like speak through these experiences almost like watching a film in my head or something but just to strengthen that you know it really helped so that was great. Um, and you've got such a great, like, voice for this, too. Like, you'll get us to, like, drop levels, you know, as you change the tone of your voice to, like, take us down and deeper into our subconscious so that that really comes out. But
1: Thank is you. there
0: is there anything else you want to add before we get into, I just, I'll tell people about what I experienced?
1: It's a really cool experience. I <laughs>
0: think
1: <laughs> it just sums it up. I could go on for hours and hours, but it's yeah. just... If you're open to it, I believe that everyone should experience it at least once in their lifetime,
0: mm-hmm. this lifetime. Yeah, absolutely. That's a
1: past life joke. I guess it didn't land.
0: <laughs> Sorry, I totally missed it. Um, yeah, I mean, I'll, I guess I'll preface this by saying, I love that you acknowledged the difference between belief and knowing. And I'm somebody that's so open to energetic work, energetic experiences, some of my most spiritually advancing Uh, moments have come through dream work lucid dreaming so that's been my belief system really for us being energies and souls having a physical experience because when I was able to wake up in a dream or astral project at times it was this knowing that we are uh, energy separate from a body and that our bodies are avatars in a sense or literally so that's how I kind of came into this experience knowing that uh, there could be Energy access that defies the physical reality and the body. Um, now, also, I do want to say that when I was having this experience, often I would question. I'd be like, "Well, is this something I already knew, and I'm just like speaking it? Is this something I already like, you know, have experienced, and I'm just regurgitating it, or is this an authentic experience for me?" It was kind of confusing at times, but it entered as I reflect on this over the past few days, as I've been reflecting, it's almost like a loop because it's like, well, maybe I was guided to meet these people, have these interests and experiences to connect me to a timeline that I've already experienced to help me understand myself more fully and embody more fully as this whole being. So every time I started to question like, is this coming up because somebody told me this or I already had this experience or is this just like a download? It was like, well, it doesn't really matter. It's all kind of this uh, connective tissue between everything. It's like, well, maybe you met this person so that you could call in this being or connect to these beings. So I'll just say that (laughs) and (laughs) encourage people to keep a, a really open mind because no matter what, like what we did here is access the subconscious. And if you want to take it into past lives or whatever. I believe that time is uh, kind of linear, that there is no real past or future, that it's all kind of on this plane. The only thing that's making us age is our body's response to the environment. Otherwise, we're infinite energy, right? So yeah, those are just some tidbits. So the first thing that I experienced when you, you took me through is you asked, all right, take me to an important moment in time. What do you see? And the first thing I saw was I was looking around and I was in this medieval town. It was kind of rainy and dark. And you said, look down at your body. You said, are you male or female? And I was like, oh my God, I'm a man. I looked down and I saw this like middle-aged man. I was barefoot. I was essentially a peasant in medieval times. And I was looking down and I just kind of like, you know, standing there. And I saw this woman walk by carrying buckets on her shoulders. Everyone was in kind of bonnets and traditional wear for the time. There were like thatched roofs and you had me continue to walk and observe. It was like, you just dropped me right into this like random time. And it it just came up all around me in my vision. Um, then I got led to a field where I just saw some horses. It was very simple, nothing profound necessarily. It was just like experiencing another person. Um, and I remember you asking like, what's going on here? Um, and I said, we are going through a famine. I had nothing. I was looking for food. I wasn't necessarily begging, but so much of the community that I was observing was also really hungry. And I, I looked into the distance, and then, and there was a castle, kind of a compound, in this little town, and that was it for the first one. Is there anything I'm missing from that first first experience?
1: Yeah, I think it was the emotion that was associated with it. Of was it where in that life you equated or that person that you were? I mean, yes, still so all being you. It's also. Yeah, it's you but it's not you but it is you but it's not you uh-huh. it's not you but it is you it's like one of those types of things <laughs> where that person associated intelligence with wealth
0: mm-hmm.
1: where so I don't believe that you saw yourself as intelligent because you didn't have money and mm-hmm. that the people up in the castle they had intelligence because they had money and that that was the equation, mm-hmm. and like that's what separated you from them, and not I would say really being in a you know it's difficult for me to say or to kind of pinpoint is not a healthy headspace because of that mentality, but it was
0: yeah.
1: it was like looking beyond the walls and thinking, well, what if what right. if I had that money, would I be smart if I had that money or you know, just things of that nature. So I think the emotional component was very important too.
0: Yeah. I'm so glad you brought that up because in our initial hour together, we were just sitting outside and I told Daniel my entire life story, like things that I really haven't told many people, except for like my sister, um, because I was really curious, like what's going to come up? What belief systems? Are there any like ailments or things that are going to like show me, you know, manifest in other lifetimes? So Daniel knows all of everything about me, which is (laughs) hilarious. And it's also kind of freeing, you know, to just tell somebody everything. But one of the things I mentioned is that I've had this financial block around associating money um, with intelligence. And that's something that I'm really ready to release and, um, you know, know that I'm worthy and I'm And I'm an amazing person, no, no matter how much money is in my bank account and to release that judgment as well for myself and for everybody that I meet. So it's, it's interesting that that comes up because it really is healing in that way, because you don't even know when these things are going to come up, but then you prompt a question like when I'm in this lifetime as this peasant man, you say, well, why, how are you feeling? Why do you feel this way? And we can uncover some, uh, subconscious trauma, if you will. Mm -hmm. So
1: it's like, that's what needs to be released. Right, And so it's like, that's why, well, I'm just the guy who's asking questions. Like I didn't specify for you to drop into that life. Like that's your higher self. That's really running the show or your subconscious, your spirit guides, angels, whatever terminology anyone is most comfortable with. Like they're Mm -hmm. like, this is what Helen needs to see. This is what we're going to show her. And then we got this guy who's asking questions and we hope that he can pick up on the, the subtle undertones or the, overt undertones or overtones that we're going to throw his way
0: right right and the questions are so important for prompting that okay so the next part is interesting because it really aligns with this peasant lifetime in a funny way so the next point i dropped into you had me you asked me you know is there anything else you want to gain from this scene i said no and you took me to the next significant point in time And I was a queen on coronation day and I could see what I was wearing. I was in this beautiful, almost like canvas kind of gown with big, beautiful sleeves. And I was getting crowned. It was almost like being at a wedding. Like there were, it was like in a kind of church, there were people in these pews watching what was happening and I was getting crowned. And um, it was, I felt it was in the same village as the peasant man had been. I was in the castle that the, this man had been looking at in his lifetime with envy. And you said, well, how are you feeling as your, the queen on coronation day? And I, I said, I don't really feel anything. It's almost like it's just the next natural step. I, I was born into royalty. I was meant to feel this way. And in fact, I actually feel, I don't feel I have much power at all because women were taught to be seen and not heard And, uh, it's just another day. And not only that, I felt kind of isolated, uh, because royalty, um, you know, is isolated. And I, I felt other, and I felt this desire to connect with community and rather alone. Now, this one was also interesting because I had done a self hypnosis a while ago. I tried to do a past life regression on my own and two things came through. And one of them was an image of a queen, which I called in with Daniel. And uh, I could only see the back of her head. And I saw myself with three kids running around a rose garden in a courtyard in a palace. So I knew that this could come through because I had seen a glimpse of it before. So that was interesting. And it was such a cool parallel to draw because we had just gone through uh, the background of this peasant man feeling like uh, wealth was associated with intelligence and essentially like happiness. And then we get to this queen who's feeling who has everything, uh, to an extent or materialistically, but feels very alone and isolated because she was born into it. So that was cool to get dropped into that one right after.
1: Right. And that all he wanted to do was be on the other side of those walls. And it's mm-hmm. like she just felt stuck because of those walls. And almost felt like she would do anything to get outside those walls.
0: hmm Yeah. It felt like I was being, so I was walked down from the stage. I had this crown on and I was walked through the middle of the pews down this aisle and into a horse and buggy, like a beautiful carriage. And I just felt like nothing. Like there was nobody I could really talk to. Like this had been a day that was just supposed to come almost like a birthday. And, uh, you said, why do you feel like you're not supposed to be seen and heard or something? And I was like, well, because, um, my father's always held the power. I've never really been you know, able to, to speak. It's just not women's place, which is very interesting because then now looking back on that, it brings up a lot of ideas around my father and wanting to please him. And I love him so much. And at the same time, I can see where maybe I've been holding myself back in other areas of life because of uh, fear of disappointing him in any way. Um, or feeling like i can 't really speak or speak my truth or live my truth without his permission, which is very interesting because starting this podcast was a huge trigger between my father and i in in this lifetime uh, It was very sensitive for for this to come out because you know we 're talking about really expansive things here that not everybody really resonates with, and that 's okay but you know, that lifetime brought up that. (laughs) So this is how it's so healing. This is what the amazing part is about it. So no matter what you believe in or past lives or whatever you want to call it, this is a deeply healing and revealing practice to go through.
1: Mm -hmm. And I think it's just so cool for that queen that you were, that queen who had no one to talk to. Now you have the world to talk to. Mm -hmm. So it's like fulfilling that hole in her life. However, Hundreds of many years ago, that was. You are now accomplishing that for her, what her desire was.
0: That's such a cool way of putting it, Daniel. Yeah, that's, that's very true. I feel, I feel that. Okay, so the next part is interesting. So then you took me, so you gave me a really cool visualization to envision like going up and ascending into a cloud and becoming really comfortable in the cloud and almost becoming the cloud and being able to travel like a cloud back in time, which really helped me get to the next point. So you said, okay, envision the next significant point in time. And I looked down at my body and I was a blue alien. The word that came into mind was a Lumerian being. Um, could have been Arcturian, could have been Lumerian. We were communicating with a couple different beings because when I looked up images of Arcturians online today, it looked exactly like what I was describing in this Uh, point in time. So yeah, the names of the beings get a little confusing for me. But anyways, I look down, I have this really long, thin body, very androgynous, um, kind of a egg shaped, but larger skull in the back head with big eyes, um, very long fingers. And uh, I was in a pod that was like an egg. The back of it was metal, the front of it was glass, and I was looking down on Earth. And Earth was on fire, basically. Uh, it looked almost like those images that you see of electricity all over the planet, but it was fire—little fires everywhere. And uh, you asked, "Well, okay, first of all, what are you doing in the pod? Why are you alone? Where are the other ones?" And Uh, I communicated that we each had our own pod as these beings um, for observing earth uh, because when we were all together, it got a little too complicated and we would talk over each other. So we had these little pods to observe individually. And then we would, we would all take these little pods back to a ship where we would uh, trade intelligence and what we picked up on by watching earth below. And it, And I got that uh, earth was burning because we had depleted the soil essentially and that we couldn't regrow any new earth or that we we hadn't because the education lapse had been missed and that humans weren't aware that we needed to regenerate the earth and repopulate and plant more trees. And our farming techniques had essentially caused the soil to become so dry that it could light a whole country on fire. So this wasn't necessarily, this is why I say past and future are not totally relevant at times like this, because this, you know, this felt to me like in the future, this will happen. Um, And it's interesting. This is why I also brought up in the beginning. There's a
1: possibility it may happen. We can still change it.
0: Right. Right. Absolutely. This kind of reminded me of a loop, like what comes first, the chicken or the egg? Because I've been living with a group of people who worked on the documentary, Kiss the Ground. So, so much of... Uh, My knowledge around Earth and what's happening environmentally is based on their knowledge from Kiss the Ground and specifically uh, the soil depleting, which causes dryness and fires. So it all kind of leads in together to this observation. Um, What else came through in this one? Yeah, so we talked to them. Maybe you can remind me, Daniel. What else did we bring through with these guys?
1: Well... (laughs) (laughs) that's when the crazy stuff started to happen I think at that point I think that's when things started to shift
0: Mm -hmm. yeah yeah. I felt my body like shaking at this point when we when we were calling in these guys like I just was like shaking and I could hear it in my voice in the recording like just very wavering but I think my body was just transmuting a, a heavy energy coming in I was just shaking and you were prompting me with questions I'd already given you from the beginning to help me clarify like what are you doing here? Um, what is your purpose here? And um, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm trying to think. Yeah. I think yeah.
1: if I remember correctly, I don't think I called them in, but they just kind of made themselves known. Yeah. And then that's when I kind of segued into those questions after that. Cause like they really wanted to come through and speak.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then we got into, okay, this is where we got into discernment. So we were talking about Um, how are you going to make yourselves known? Like, who are you guys? Are you already here? And um, I was getting that they already are here and they're helping humanity become more open to extra dimensional contact by working with channels, people like Elizabeth April, who we had on the podcast recently. um, And we mentioned a couple other names, which I won't even mention because I don't want to speak ill or anything of anybody. But both of us, you know, caught on to this name, like, okay, well, this guy is a little tricky because he, he is channeling, but he's also, um, a little judgmental or in a place of like isolation almost, right? It's, it's not easy to embrace his messages and it almost, it gives us this challenge. Like, who do we trust? Who's coming through? Um, so we got a lot into discernment and trusting the gut feeling because people now have like, such bullshit detectors that we can pretty much if you're a self-aware person you can usually see right through somebody's bullshit and Mm -hmm. you can tell if somebody's being authentic and if they're really having these kind of communications and downloads if you will uh or not or you know and you can typically sense that which leads me into another thing we so uh we ask these beings like what's happening with humanity in general is like the earth ending and uh i got that they were creating almost like a noah's ark of people so they were bringing up scientists people who knew how to work with plants and animals people who were artists and understood music politicians leaders so they were bringing like kind of specific types of people um almost like we have a storage unit somewhere on earth with all the plants and seeds seeds from everything so that if earth ever like goes into flames we have all these seeds or if we travel to other planets we have our seeds That's the kind of similar image that I got with these guys was saying, we're humans are about to completely die out and the earth is going to be fine. Earth will reset. It's not an earth issue, really. It's humans. Like you're going to wipe yourselves out. Um, That's another thing I got from those guys. And also that, uh, so, okay. First form of communication with extra dimensionals is through channels, human channels that are telepathically downloading, communicating and having these, Uh, messages come through and secondly that they're already they're able to incarnate uh, among us so uh, they can take a human form and it's fun for them it's like uh, it's just like walking around going on an amusement ride or they they choose to have a human experience Um, so we might we might have already seen people like I remember being in New York City uh, at one point and being on the subway and I saw this man and I just like couldn't stop staring at him I was like that is not a human like he's yeah, he's cool looking, but he's not a human, you know, and I feel like maybe a few of you out there listening have had a similar experience. I don't know. So that came in that they're already here. They're kind of taking human form. And also that humans are building uh, like a sixth, seventh sense that uh, we will be coming into within the next hundred years that we just have to get there before we wipe ourselves out. So uh, we'll be communicating almost completely telepathically, we'll be able to shift matter in certain ways uh, and have these experiences that are just all other dimensional. So when we talk about this shift from 3D to 5D, it, it, it's including the shift out of greed and hatred and uh, isolation into unity consciousness, love consciousness, but it's also bringing in literal evolution, like that we're becoming uh, heightened beings. Um, And I got this reminder that humans have really only, you know, we've only been aware of fire and using tools for 200,000 years. We lived alongside Neanderthals for 2.5 million years. Um, And so we're very like new in comparison. Like we're a very young species in comparison to other extra dimensional beings that have been around for millions of years in their true form already. Uh, So you know, there's a lot for us to learn and expand upon and question and just evolution basically is what I got from them. Um, and then I think this is the point where we asked about what partner I'm calling in. And uh, they said, okay, they first, they said, we don't really incarnate a lot physically. Uh, we don't shape shift like that, but Pleiadians do like there are a lot of Pleiadian human uh, hybrids almost on the planet. And Uh, the message that I got was that my next partner will probably look very Nordic and he might have this feeling of homesickness, uh, like missing uh, another planet or home. And he might not have ease identifying what it is, but he'll feel that. And it's because he's been swapped with the Pleiadian energy as part of his soul contract, like his human soul or his soul came in here initially as human and being here. And at some point, uh, a consciousness was shifted so that he, a Pleiadian being, was uh, embodying him. I don't quite know how to say it in any other way. Like I try to explain it better, but there, there have been soul swaps before that I've heard of too. Um, so that's what I got from those guys. <laughs> Anything you want to so- add to that? Yeah.
1: Yeah. So <laughs> uh-huh. I, uh, my presentation was a little different during that. I think Helen probably dressed me up to look very tranquil during that exchange. Where I, the best way I can put it to your audience is that when they came through, I didn't drop to my knees. When they identify themselves as, Lemurians or Octurians, I don't care. I don't care that they're identifying themselves as these beings. It doesn't matter to me because I feel that the connotation out there with, let's just say, if it's the Octurians, that oh well, they're better than the Plei or Pleiadians because this person says that they're operating from, you know, X, Y, or Z, and that the Pleiadians are better than the Lemurians because they're operating from, you know, ABC or, you know, and so on and so forth. So I don't care who the hell you are if you mm-hmm. come through. And why I feel it, it's important to state that is because use discernment. And when I say like you, I mean to everyone out there, if someone presents themselves as something, don't just believe them because they say they're Octarian. Now, I will tell you, being in the room with Helen, that energy felt genuine sincere it it felt real i believe it was real i don't know it for a fact but it felt real so i believe that helen was experiencing what she talked about like i genuinely believe that however i wasn't just going to blindly accept it mm-hmm. so even with these things coming through i'm questioning them because there were two different collectives that came through mm-hmm. and what the second one said didn't line up with what the first one said i mean Mm -hmm. yes in the end it all ended up making sense but it wasn't like okay well you identified yourself as this so i'm just going to listen to you it's like no i get a little salty with them (laughs) it's like well hey the other one said this so why are you saying this Uh and so i just i feel it's very important as we cross into whatever this new energy may be if it is a real thing I don't know. I can't tell you for sure that it is. But that there will be some beings that are still stuck in an older energy. Therefore, they may want to trick you. Mm -hmm. So discern. Discern everything. Question everything. I think that's just the most important thing that I can say is question something. If somebody says that there's something... Go inside. Don't just listen to them and blindly accept what they're saying. Question them. Question me. Please question what I'm saying right now. Mm -hmm. If it doesn't feel right, then it doesn't feel right to you. Just question it. Don't just blindly accept what I'm saying Mm -hmm. because I was there for this experience as well. But (laughs) for that little rant right there, I just... No,
0: it's perfect. I just, I
1: feel, yeah, yeah, it's very important for everyone to know that also... As a practitioner, it makes me a little nervous to talk about these things because I believe that there are people out there who are looking to have an experience like Helen had. And I can tell you that speaking to her beforehand, there was no expectation whatsoever that something like this was going to happen. It was so heart-centered, what she was speaking about beforehand in our pre-session, where it it was so grounded. Whereas there's a feeling that people are out there who will just want to go through an experience like this in order to receive messages from beings or or be that conduit that they come to talk through and i'm not that person if you want to have that experience i'm not that person if it happens organically then yeah we're going to roll with it when they pop up okay well this is happening right now we're going to do this <laughs> but so for yeah. anyone out there if that's what you're looking for i'm not your person but mm-hmm. With that said, and kind of piggyback on everything that Helen was talking about. It was a fun experience. Like, even when they were talking about, yeah, you know, like, you've seen some of them. Like, if you're out and about, it's like, <laughs> well, why are they shopping at the grocery store? <laughs> you know, like, how do they get a passport? How do they get a driver's license? Right. You know, what are they, Why are they here? Like, what are they doing? Are they shopping at, on Amazon, like what's yeah. going on? So it's fun to have that kind of interaction where it's like, okay, yeah, I may be speaking with these beings that are speaking from a different place right now. So mm-hmm. what are we going to talk about? Yeah, but totally. But I feel the information that came forward was important because it's even when they're talking about being in human form, in a sense, to me, that's still a it could be metaphorical of there could be something standing in front of you and it could be something completely different, but you just have no awareness whatsoever. Yeah. How could you know? So it's like question it. Mm -hmm. Just, but that also goes deeper into maybe not even the discernment and questioning, whereas maybe there are different layers to things that are presented to you that something still, which appears to be one way on the surface, maybe something completely different. Yeah. So, but I also feel that the information that came forward is—it's a potential. It's a potential that that could be our future, that the Earth burns. But they're, maybe, right. but maybe it came through, so Helen could speak about it, and then the right person is going to be listening to this right now, where they're they're finally going to get it, and something is going to click, and they'll be in a position to make a difference, where. Mm-hmm this is our chance to grab the bull by the horns and say, no, we're not going to let the earth burn. Anyone who's stupid enough to not realize that you got to work with the soil, that you got to replant trees. Well, we got to smack them upside the head
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and we got to plant some trees because that future is only a potential.
0: Right. (laughs) Right. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Have free will in this.
0: Yes, exactly. Free will is so important. So this is exactly one projection of a potential outcome. And, you know, there's always the opportunity or the potential that there are multiple opportunities playing out at once, you know, mm-hmm. multiple multiverses, you know, we could get into that theory. So, yeah, it was just one stream of consciousness. And I think we, it, it makes sense living on the earth that we're living on. That, that's possible. So it would be great if we could not let that happen um (laughs) another thing that we did at the beginning of the session which was great was um we protected the room with white light and i imagined myself in a pyramid of white light as protected and we called in only benevolent beings or at least i did in my mind i i set an intention to only invite that in because i have had an experience in the past with an extra-dimensional being who was quite dark i was in college um and I had been asking to receive communication from extra dimensionals for months. Um, and I finally had an experience. So I looked out the window. Okay. I'm going to say this. I had just come off of an acid trip. So I'll say that. Okay. But I had been asking for this communication for a while. And I looked out of my window and there was this cloaked really dark being who scared the shit out of me. It looked like a, a gray alien or um, a type of gray and I had to say, I'm really not ready to meet you. So it, it put this fear in me for a while. And this is the first time I really felt like I've been able to essentially communicate, at least in my mind and in my subconscious with something else. It didn't scare me so much. So that was really nice. Um, okay. So to pick up where we left off. Okay. The thing that doesn't match up. So we'll, We talked to one other uh, extra dimensional group. But they they also recommended for my growth, my personal growth, that I really lay off the technology in meditation because often I use guided meditations to help me, or I do guided visualization, hypnosis before going to bed. And they really recommended that I not do that and that I sit in silence and just sit with me to meditate. And that's it. I'm really, like put down the technology, less television. You know, as much as I can get back into nature, the better. Okay so then we moved on to uh the Arcturians or you know it's hard for me to say what they are because the what I thought was Lumarians who we were connecting with in the first part when I looked up online they look like the Arcturians and then the next beings that I connected with we connected with I've never seen a picture of them ever like I've se- I've met them before in dreams and I've seen them come through a few times but they're like nothing I've ever experienced so I call them Arcturians but I'm not sure what quote unquote race they really are so yeah, i mean I is know. it
1: okay if i cut in there with that yeah one?
0: uh-huh
1: if that's what you felt that they were then that's what they were because mm. still to everyone out there use discernment when you're looking online at something you know yeah if a picture says the lemarians maybe maybe not yeah and you know maybe it could have started that way yet someone reposted that picture and just swapped out the name
0: true True. Okay. So the first beings that we met with who we just talked about, I got I got clearly that they were Lumerians. Okay. Um, the next beings we meet are the Arcturians. So you had me um, leave them and, or I was ready to leave and you took me down uh, a stairway and then a hallway. And I imagine just like this kind of a glowing white staircase that was a spiral staircase going into like darkness. It was, it was like an Alice in Wonderland moment. And I went down the stairs and (laughs) I entered this hallway and I chose a door with the number three on it. And I opened the door and there was this gorgeous, like lush garden of a room. Like it was a room that just filled with like flora and fauna that looked like the Amazon. And in front of me were two Arcturian beings. Um, One being was clearly like the leader and the being next to him was almost like, a, or him or her, it was a sidekick, kind of, or just like a, a friend that uh, they brought along. And they communicate completely uh, by looking at you, like telepathically. Um, they have these gorgeous, big, amber eyes and beaks, which is really what uh, sets them apart from anything I've seen or experienced before, is they have beaks. Um, also cloaked in these kind of like royal looking cloaks I saw. Um, And I had met these beings before I had finished reading a book called on a slide of light uh, years ago. And then years after I read that book, I met them a couple times in a dream under a bridge where they just stared at me and I like melted into their eyes and I got these messages from them. Okay. So these guys this time communicated and they put their hands um, next to my temples and sent, energy right through my temples on either side. It was like um uh, Reiki, how I've been taught to do Reiki and how I um help someone with a mental ailment or um pull out a headache from their head, I put my hands around their temples and uh it was very clear that they were just like beaming information into my head. Um, so they they took me into oh it's I'm trying to remember. Like this is like a 2 hour in depth, you know, all through and through a two-hour experience so these guys we just kind of continued our conversation with them like we'd done with the lumerians but uh they said that when i do uh, astral projection practice that i should play solfeggio tones and then that's where you were like well wait the the other guys said do not use technology <laughs> So we got into, okay, when are we using technology? And it, you know, it, it came through that it was very helpful to listen to a very specific solfeggio frequency while I was astral projecting to trigger it each time I practiced to help me get into it. Almost like lucid dreaming. You can look at your hands, uh, you know, to see if you're awake or you're asleep and wake up in the dream. Like music could help me with that. Um, so that's where that came through. And um, they helped me get over this fame complex that I've had for so much of my life. I think most people or a lot of people, you know, desire to be famous or, you know, from when I was a kid, I've wanted to be in entertainment and as a singer. And over the past couple of years, I've gone through this transition of being less in the forefront and less about me, me, me than, you know, to starting this podcast, which is, it's more about community and and connecting with other people that are experiencing their own wonderful things. It's less about me. So it came through that this fame complex was kind of fading away. Um, and it's more about community and more about celebrating each other. But on the same token, it's okay to be seen and heard. It's okay for me to step into that place of worthiness and uh, into a leadership position. And I can give myself permission to do that without thinking that like, my ego is uh, taking over because ego is a very natural part of the human experience. It's not something that's necessarily meant to be killed, but uh, not at all. It's, it's something that keeps us uh, here and present. Um, and we can learn to communicate with it and still be compassionate people. So, it, they really brought in a unified consciousness for me um, and just made me feel like I was on the right path and just gave me pretty specific little tips. I also got a message for my sister from them. Um, if you guys know me, you know my sister is like my life. Like, I love her so much. We're like twins. Um, And they said to give Annie a message that she should be studying goddess archetypes, specifically Diana, who's the goddess of the hunt for her, which I relayed to her later. She'd love to hear that. Um, Also that I was brought into the care of my parents for a very specific reason, because my parents are kind of polar opposite on the spiritual spectrum. Um, So I was meant to question everything about myself, especially having the father figure that I do, um, so that I, my faith would be tested and my understanding would be tested um, having a father that uh, triggered me a little bit in this specific area and having a mother that also very much triggers me in this area because um, I've seen her have her own experiences that have been kind of otherworldly and I've had a lot of fear in my mind that I will become like her and I'll lose control of myself and I'll ultimately fulfill something about her that scared me. So the messages really came through that I, I chose these parents very specifically to become more of myself. Okay, and yep. Now I'm like grasping at like what else came through. Can you remember anything else with these guys? They were cool. They were cool. <laughs> I guess it's,
1: yeah. um, you know, oh, there was some stuff for me that came through. Right. Where if I've seemed a little on edge today, there's a reason for it. It's because these are things that I've been tight-lipped about for a few years now, having these types of experiences because it didn't feel right to me to speak about them because it just, it felt very exposing in a way and that I wanted to stay in my shell of, well, here's what's safe. Here's what's acceptable. Here's where I'm not going to rock the boat too much. Like I'm always about rocking the boat, but I'm like, if you rock it too much, you're going to sink. And they encouraged me to speak about these things. So there were other synchronicities, I guess you could say that I've had in the last few months that have kind of been pointing me in this direction as well. So, but this just kind of put it over the edge for me of them being very direct with me about speaking about it and that's why i may have some of these experiences and be on the other side of it is so i can talk about it so that on edge part of me is am i really doing this right now am i really doing this thing that i've been avoiding (laughs) for years now and yeah i am i am doing it right now so for as much as they helped helen they helped me as well because I have had the urge to talk about these things. Like I have had experiences like this, being on the other side of it and not, you know, being in the driver's seat. So they were tremendously helpful for me in that respect. And one of the questions that they asked me was, would it make me happy to talk about these things? And I feel like I didn't even hesitate. Mm -hmm. I was just like, "Uh uh-huh. Yep, it would. It's like, all right, we'll do it then. Right. So that's that's me in a nutshell right now. And I think some of that edge is also coming from wanting to present it in a very grounded and practical way. I think I may have mentioned before about not dropping to my knees when they came in. Yeah. And I don't know if I thoroughly explained it before, but if I didn't, it's just because It's all part of the plan, I guess you could say. Whatever's you know, coming across our laps in a sense, whether it be good or bad, its they're all lessons. And if I were to drop to my knees and just be in awe of these beings, would that be good for Helen? Because Helen is there having this experience and if I'm just in this other place, then what's she gonna get out of that? Because first and foremost, she's the one having the experience. So, It's like my curiosity could easily get the best of me. And it's like I thank Helen for being the one to present me with that opportunity because it tests me to keep me grounded of, no, 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 this is what needs to take place right now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If I am speaking with these beings from these higher dimensions right now, that means they have access to a whole lot of information that I would like to know the answers to. Mm -hmm. And I could easily get carried away with it. But it's like staying in that grounded place of if I drop to my knees, am I going too far? And if you drop to your knees, are you just submitting to something that you don't understand? And Mm -hmm. just because someone does magic doesn't mean it's coming from a good place. Mm -hmm. So it's like, there were very important lessons in this session for me as well. And that's why, you know, I think not only Helen for being that person to bring that to the forefront for me, but, these energies as well for for keeping an eye on me as, at the same time be like hey we got your back
0: mm-hmm. yeah so, i mean i'm so grateful that you were able to harness your curiosity you stayed really grounded and you asked such insightful questions that took us deeper and deeper into this journey and it was wonderful it was it was always about love and healing and bringing people together like that's how we shift into the next dimension it's always that um, and I got the sense that the Arcturians were of like 12th dimension and the Lemurians were of like eighth dimension maybe and humans are like fifth dimension. So the Arcturians came in as a super high frequency. Um, and I've also been getting ringing in my ears for like significantly much more recently too for a couple months. And I, and I didn't really know what it was about. Like I really tried to pay attention to what's happening when I get ringing in my ears. Uh, but now I feel like when I sit down, it's almost like I'm, I'm up leveling or I'm getting some kind of communication. It's, but, so anybody listening just pay attention to what symptoms you might be having, like what might be unexplainable, you know, you might be even communicating with something or having an experience that might not be completely apparent at first. Um, Yeah. And, you know, I, I think another message that came through was that humans should give themselves more credit. Like we're not these like stupid, (laughs) like things, like we're these really wonderful, intelligent uh, people and creatures that have done a beautiful job of evolving. Um, And that a lot of um, interplanetary species are looking at earth as an example for themselves too. Like earth is almost like A stage for and as an example of everything else going on in the universe like darkness and lightness uh two forces two huge forces coming together and playing out on earth and who's what's going to come out on top hopefully it's this light energy and it's unified energy but this is also happening all over the cosmos it's not just earth so uh a lot of beings are looking at earth as an example it's like if they can solve it if they can get it right, like it could really help the cosmos. So, um, we are part of a much bigger picture and it's exciting. It's humbling. It's very exciting. And yeah, you know, I, I love that you brought up your, your point about, uh, being willing and open to share these experiences with people now and like that it does make you happy because at the end of the day, nobody really cares like what we're doing. Like they're all doing their own thing. Everybody's in their own little lives and we all have different interests. There's like 7.5 billion people of us. So we might as well speak our truths and connect to the community. That's going to help us thrive and truly make us happy because joy is the highest frequency. So I think that's a message that came in for both of us for sure. Um, And for me to share some more personal things Um, You know, which I will eventually. I don't think I need to say everything right now, but there are some experiences I've been through as a woman that uh, I really got a message to share and not hold that back because my sharing will heal many other women, especially uh, that have been through similar experiences. So um, yeah, that being said, it was just such a wonderful experience and I'm so grateful. And uh, the day after I, Daniel, you texted me, you're like, how are you feeling? I had the worst headache. I think I've, I i do not get headaches. I don't get sick very often. Um, and I woke up with a killer headache. Um, and it almost like, <laughs> first I was like, oh no, like, and I, I mean, I dehydrated and I was like, oh, it's, it makes complete sense that I have a headache right now. I just had so much information put into my little brain yesterday, so much to like up level and integrate that. Of course I have a headache. So I just embraced it went along with it now I feel good and I feel like I can kind of look at life in a new perspective and honestly I'm excited to do this again someday and peel back more layers because I feel like we just scratched the surface and I think most people will find that like you can unravel this forever <laughs> to some extent but also that it's like it's just here to serve us like um, and you did a great job with closing and being like, this is not, not going to ever bring you harm. This is only to help and to heal. And there's no need to cling on to these messages or these things. Like they're just part of the experience. I don't need to get obsessive about this at all. It's honestly, it was just a, a fun, uh, exploration for me.
1: But, Thank you. Yeah. And one other thing I want to add in there is if anyone is getting, I don't know. The feeling of being afraid of these beings, they're fun. Like, I was joking around with them a bit.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You know, I was a little salty with them, too. But also, like, they have a sense of humor. Like, they're they're not just these – okay, well, some of them are (laughs) a little more right to the point. Yeah. (laughs) But, yeah, I mean, like – Cool, like they're cool with me cracking jokes because I feel like I made one about them identifying themselves as 12th dimensional or something like that. Like, right? Yeah, or was I imagining that one after? No, I
0: think you're, yeah, you were kind of like poking fun at one point. Um, you were also saying, like, when we were with the Lumerians, you were like, Oh, I've met you guys before with somebody else, and you weren't this friendly. And um, uh, they were like, oh, no, we have a sense of humor. And also that uh, they have their own subspecies or like uh, different races. Like we have Chinese, Indian people, Native American people, uh, European, like whatever. So do they. They have all their uh, different races, too. Um, Races is kind of a difficult word. I wish we didn't speak like that. But, yeah, they are subsets of uh, their people, too. So that was Mm -hmm. interesting. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, so... It's a fun experience. Like it's fun talking to these other beings and be like, "Hey, how you doing? <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you having for dinner?" Yeah. Okay, maybe not that question. I going to waste my time with that one. That'd but, be interesting, you
0: know. actually. What do they eat?
1: You're right. I right? should have asked that. Why what did do they I think eat?
0: Oh my gosh! Yeah, there's so many questions. Like we just didn't know they were gonna come through. Like I really thought that I was gonna go into this and like have more experiences. Like the first couple, like. You know i had also had a glimpse in a past experience uh that i was a mer person like not a pretty little mermaid like like a shark kind of humanoid thing i don't know so i thought maybe we tap into that like i did not think we were going to be connecting with extra-dimensional beings at all and i'm really happy that we did um but oh one other thing we asked (laughs) okay we'll just say this just in case it happens They said that we could very well, very likely see uh, manifestations of them on Inauguration Day. Like we could have a big moment um, on Inauguration Day. So we'll see if that happens. You heard it here first.
1: (laughs) Right. If it happens, we're recording this a couple weeks before Inauguration. If not,
0: (laughs) yeah.
1: Okay. Maybe it was Um, possible in one timeline.
0: Yeah, totally. Yeah. But I mean, I think that's that's all for me. Like, I am sure other things will start to come up more. But like, you guys listening, if you're in the LA area, check out Daniel's work. Like, you were such a perfect guide to have through this. I felt so comfortable with you. And yeah, thank, thank you. you again. Thank you for being here again to talk about this with me. It really helps to have your input, and it's very validating for me because I did go through points where I was like, what am what am I experiencing? Like, okay, am I am I going to be like so? crazy and egotistical saying that I like channeled these beings and like, it really helps to have you here to talk through this with. So I I thank you for that.
1: Well, thank you for having me and allowing me to have a platform where I can talk about these things that I've wanted to talk about for a very long time. Mm -hmm. And also for anyone out there, I do remote sessions as well. So if you're beyond LA, we're good to go.
0: Great. Okay. And then remind people of where they can find you on Instagram and stuff.
1: Cool. You can find me on Instagram at the Past Life Regressionist and my website is yourpastliferegressionist.com.
0: Perfect. And I will link uh, all of that in the description below. Sorry, my phone's going off, you guys. Um, okay. Well, thank you so much, Daniel. This will come out soon. All right, you guys. Thank you again for being here and listening to this episode. Either way, I hope that it was a fun story for you to hear. And if you're interested, I hope that the opportunity presents itself for you to also go through a past life regression because it's a really interesting way to get to know yourself on a more subconscious level. And it puts you in touch with the universe in kind of a new way and expands your idea of time and space. And it's pretty humbling to know that we really don't know that much. It's kind of cool. So yeah, I think that is it for me. You can follow Daniel again on Instagram at the past life regressionist. I'm on Instagram at Helen Denham underscore my website's Helen You can sign up for my self-care Sunday newsletter there. Uh, you can find my music there, past podcast episodes, and I post a blog post every week. So, okay. Have a beautiful day. And of course, if you have any questions or you want to get in touch, just shoot me a message. Love you. Talk to you soon so